0: excited for today. And what a great week we have had leading up to today with our Revival Wednesday service and a wonderful prayer meeting last night. Thank you to those that could make it out for that. It was just a great time. We were travailing in Jesus' name. And leading right into to- today where, again, we have come together for Revival Sunday. And we are excited to have, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And We're excited to have the Vernons with us. Again, it's been a great week, and I believe today will be the same sign. As of right now, Sister Vernon is uh, ministering to the children, and we are believing great things for their Holy Ghost service here this morning. Brother Vernon is downstairs ministering to the students, and we are praying for that too in Jesus' name and believing for a good report. Amen? Amen. I would like to direct your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's go ahead and stand and uh, stand for the reading of the word, and I'll give you just a few moments to turn there in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning with verse 17, says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled himself by Jesus Christ and hath "...given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin." that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And on this Revival Sunday, I want to preach to you on this thought. That's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. And let us pray as we're taking our seats. And as we are praying, let us also remember the children's and the youth services as they're having Their revivals too in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you for what is taking place first in our kids and our youth service here this morning. We thank you for each and every opportunity we have to come before you and dig into your word. We thank you for the transformation that takes place as we apply your truth to our lives. God, I pray right now that you would open our ears to your understanding, open our eyes to what you have for us. I bind every distraction, every hindrance, and everything that is not of you, and release your truth in this place. And Lord, let me be a vessel for you and what you want for your church today, in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. This morning, I come to you with a burden that's been stirring within me for quite some time. God has been dealing with me on the thought of that's just the way I am. And what that all entails and includes. Have you, ever re- have you ever heard or read or thought or spoken or seen or anything like that the following phrases? I'm sorry I got angry, but I'm a compassionate person. I'm sorry I'm late, but I'm a laid back kind of person. I'm sorry I offended you. You'll just have to get used to my sense of humor. I'm sorry if my bluntness hurt your feelings, but that's just the way I was raised. These phrases, and better yet, I'm calling them excuses, and others that you may have heard, which I don't have time to list here today, all fall under the same category of thought and saying, that's just the way I am. Now before you go looking around the room, keep your eyes up here, and wonder if they struggle with this, take a look at yourself first. Before you go sinking into your seats, which I know might happen this morning, let me say too that this journey that we are about to go on, some hearts may leave this first half pricked with a desire to change, and some may feel the need to make those necessary changes, but I do want to assure you, that if you, feel either, if you feel either way, let the Lord lead you to prayer, to repentance, and back to Him. We must all work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I cannot work that out for you. You cannot work that out for me or others. Ultimately, the ball falls into your court for you. I cannot stand and account for you on the day where we see Jesus face to face, but I do stand before you today to tell you this. Can I tell somebody that God is in the changing business? He's in the transformation business. It's certainly not a business for Him, but it's who He is. When Paul writes here of being a creature made new, And old things passed away. These things include, but are not limited to, these excuses that I listed as such. When Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that all things become new, there is nothing left out of that. For all means all. Not some, not just this or that, not what you choose, but all. There is nothing that should be left out of that for that manner. But church, hear me. It's a trap. It's a trap that we can fall into from time to time. It's a loophole. Not that God created, for He's the one that truly makes you new. But it's a loophole that you can create when you find yourselves at a crossroad of, is this okay for me to do or not? Or is this something that would please God or not? Is the way I'm thinking the way the Lord wants me to think? Each day, each moment, each decision really is a decision point as this. Is this okay or not? Lord, is this what you want or not? And just to lay it down for a moment, to to spread it out on the table here, if one chooses to make the decision that is not pleasing to God then that leads to these excuses that I just listed above and more. I did not list them all, but they could continue all in that mindset of that's just the way I am. You see, these things come, these excuses come, I believe, because of three reasons. Three reasons. Number one, one does not see the need to change it. Number two, one does not want to change. And I will get to the third in a moment, but I liken these first two as a refusal to change. And as I prayed and pondered these first two, God first led me to the difference between Judas and Peter. If you know or you have heard about these two men in Scripture, you will read that both were called to be one of Jesus' disciples. Both were followers of Jesus. Jesus sat around His disciples saying, one of you will betray Me. Knowing that it had already happened, that it was already going to occur, knowing that it would be Judas. Jesus looked Peter in the eyes and said, you will deny Me, not once, not twice, but three times before the rooster crows. And just as Jesus said it, Both came to pass. But it was at that moment that we see the difference between the one who refused to change and the one who chose to change. Peter saw the need to change and took the opportunity and repented for what he had done. And Jesus, you might think that Jesus drilled him with questions, but He he drilled him just as many times as Peter denied Him saying, do you love Me? Yes, Lord. Then feed My... do you love me <laughs> and feed my sheep? And finally, a third time, do you love me and feed my sheep? And I have a really hard time believing that, that Judas did not see the need to change. Hear me. But perhaps he didn't see that he needed to change. And further wallowed in his guilt, which ultimately, ultimately led to him taking in his own life. Regarding this church, you may have felt God leading you to change something. And if he is, and you haven't followed through with that change, I want to ask you this. What are you waiting for? What is is holding you back from that? Why wait? And in moving to this third reason, one does not maybe understand what it is means to change. doesn't have the full understanding. We, we can take a look at, at Mary and Martha when Jesus visited their home. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus while Martha did what? She, she scurried around trying to make sure everything was in tip-top shape, that there was no dust on the floor, that there was no fur balls in the ceiling, there was no uh, cobwebs around or anything like that. She wanted to make sure it was all set up. All that work all that work, the way I see it, was in error at that time. Martha needed a better understanding of the moment she was in with her Savior, with the Messiah. Her lack of understanding led her to keep going, to keep, oh, I've got to get this finished, and I've got to do this. Her mind was so fixed on these other things that she didn't realize what she needed to be doing. She didn't realize it. Her lack of understanding kept kept her going. And Jesus looked at her and corrected her. After Martha said, well, why is she just sitting here? Jesus said, she's doing the right thing. This is what you need to be doing. One morning this week, God woke me up with this thought. Don't be so much like a Martha that you forget to be a Mary. And in all of these things that I listed as why these excuses come, I believe the first two, not seeing the need or not wanting to see the need or not wanting to change, can both stem from not having a full understanding of what it truly means to change. Judas' problem was, was not the money that he, he, he spent or that he, that he gained. Even though Scripture was fulfilled, it was the heart of the matter. Martha's problem was not the work that needed to be done, for there's always something that needs to be done. Somebody say amen. Amen. But it was the heart of the matter. Both, if you will, had it made up in their mind that that's just the way I am. Now Paul, in, in going back to 2 Corinthians 5, up to this point in 2 Corinthians 5 that I read, was was defending his ministry against the critics. He was saying, the critics were saying that Paul was crazy. This guy's crazy, what's he doing? And according to the critics, Paul was a self-appointed peddler of the gospel. This guy's going out on a limb far too much. We don't know what he's doing. He's just downright crazy, stick with me. There was enough of this that that Paul put on a solid defense leading to this new creature made in Christ. Paul, in his defense, told the critics, I am a new creature. I've been made new. Paul was coming from the life of being the one who approved of the stoning of Stephen. Paul came from this life of persecuting Christians to the point of death. Paul came from this life of saying, that's just the way I am. Paul came from this life uh, attempting to justify his ungodly actions and pursuits. And it was on that road to Damascus where Paul began to lay aside all of those things. It was on that road to Damascus where Paul began to experience what it truly meant to be a new creature in Christ. It was somewhere along that road where, where those old ways got thrown into the ditch. Where those old ways got thrown away so that Christ could enter in. It was their church that all things became new. But hear me, it was on that world where he realized, oh my word, what am I doing? What am I doing? How did I get myself here? He knew how he got himself. What do I need to do to change? And that's where... The change came. Lord, lead me to what You want me to change. I'm here. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I've persecuted You. I know I've done things, oh God, that that have not been pleasing to You, but here I am, ready to change. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. That's no longer who I am. It was their church, that all things became new. It was their church, for you, that all things become new. It is there where God begins to peel away the scales from your eyes to show you just what it means to be a new creature. Oh, and can I remind someone here today or watching online of what it means to be a new creature in Christ? Can I tell somebody today in love that this mindset of the flesh has got to be put to rest? It's time for a change, and whether this change needs to happen in you, whether that change has began or not, whether or not you see the need to change, it's got to happen, whether or not you have began this transformation, oh hallelujah, whether you have been living for God for, for 10 years or for 10 minutes, I want you to hear me today. I understand that today is Revival Sunday And if you knew how much I wrestled with this, you'd understand. But hear me, for there to be a revival here, for there to be a revival in our city, in our state, in our country, in our world, the revival has to start here. The revival has to start here within you. The revival begins here, and then it flows out. If you haven't experienced, then how can, how can those around you that you are reaching experience it? I'm not saying we have to be perfect to go and do these things. But God's got to get a hold of us, I believe. And Scripture says that God's got to get a hold of me before I can get a hold of somebody else or have somebody else let the Lord get a hold of. And if I can just speak to your situation... You may have come here today with a frustrating situation that you may feel is out of your control. And you may feel the urge to react the way you would have before Christ. You may have come here today on your last nerve. And you may just feel the need to explode. You may have come here today feeling like you just don't understand what to do next or where to go next. And if you've come here today for any one of those reasons or more and you feel yourself losing a grip on life, God is here to revive you. God is here to renew you. God is here to lead you through these changes, to lead you through the things that He desires for you. He is desiring to draw closer to you today. I don't think you heard me. He's desiring to draw closer to you today. He sees what you go through. He sees what you're going through right at this very moment. He sees the struggles that you've been having this week, this month, this past year. He sees the healing that you need. He sees the deliverance that you're seeking. But, but He's not looking at it through your angle He sees it from a totally different angle for he's already seen you on the other side of that. And let me just speak to that free will for a moment. I know God gives me a free will and that He created me with a free will so that I, so that, so that I could make my own... Or, you know, excuse me. He, he creates man with a free will so He can make His own choices and He can do His own things according to that free will. But why would I want to use that free will to lead me away from God? That's something that I just can't wrap my head around. Just because we have a free will does not mean that we are not responsible for the choices we make. Free will is not a ticket to ride. It's not a a ticket to sin. As a parent, do do I want my children to love me because they are supposed to love me? Or do I want them to love me because they choose to love me? So it is with God. He loves me. He loves you. He loves us. He sacrificed Himself for us. He desires you to love Him. He desires you to serve Him. He desires you to live for Him. Oh, He desires you to do these things, but not out of obligation. Not out of obligation, but rather because He loves you and because you love Him, you freely choose to do them. You freely choose him and as you freely choose him each day at each of those moments where you are left to choose so then the revival within you begins you know a couple weeks ago I I preached on the wineskins and and how the old wineskin before it could be used and scripture says it, it had to go through a time of emptiness where it could not be filled why because it would not be able to handle the liquid if it were old. And furthermore, it would burst as Jesus spoke. But it wasn't, until, it wasn't until it spent that time in the water, until it could be purified, until it sunk to the bottom of that barrel that it was in, that it was able to be made new, that it could be filled again. You may be here today in need of a good refilling. hmm You may want to be here. You may be here and you you desire to be filled for the very first time. And that revival starts within you, it has to start with you putting off the old. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes beginning with verse 17, let's go there. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as, the, as, the, as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened but alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Paul is contrasting those who walk not with God with, with the Gentiles who are lost. He's comparing them and giving them over to their, their own lust. The Gentiles, as Paul wrote, had this flesh mindset, and that all came with, all that came with that were the things that were opposite, yes, opposite. God. The concern was that they too were beginning to lean this way. They were beginning to be influenced by this worldly, this, this flesh. Paul was saying, stop. You don't want to travel down that road. I know where that road leads. I've been there. This is where I came from. Do not walk like them. And I'm going to interrupt this Sunday morning message to say to you, stop hold on! You don't want to travel down that road. There is something better. Stay tuned because as Paul continues writing, but ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old uh, conversation, the old man, there it is, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, but wait, there's more, because not only is it important again to put off the old ways, not only is it important to sweep those things away, but just as important, and just as crucial to this revival that happens within you, verse 23, and be renewed by in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. Do you desire renewal? Do you desire for that revival to start right here? Oh, I wonder if there's a hunger for that in someone here today, or in someone maybe watching online, or someone who's going to watch later in the archives. You may say, oh, I've I've been to this place before. I know how this goes, but I'm here to tell someone here today that that it doesn't have to be like that anymore. You don't have to follow that. You don't have to follow that cycle anymore. It's time for you to break that cycle. It's time for you to break those chains for good and not pick them back up again. It's to allow those chains to fall for good. But it starts from turning from that old way, that old mindset of thinking, I've been here before, I'll I'll just do it again in another year or so. No. It only continues with the renewing of your mind. Church, you see, the mind can be a wonderful thing. Oh it can be wonderful but but it can also be a very troubling thing. This mindset like that of the gentiles is a dangerous road to travel down because it is a road that has traveled without the spirit of God. If I am not led by the spirit of God, then who or what am I being led by? If I am being influenced by if I'm not being influenced by God then who or what Am I being influenced by? Who or what am I following besides Him? What, who have I put in first place on that podium to where God is now second or third, where He's not gonna stay, because that's not where He belongs. It's not just something that one day you decide to be led by Him, but unfortunately, it, or excuse me, it's not, it's not something that, that one day you decide not to be led by Him, but unfortunately, it's a very slow fade. It's a very slow fate. It's, a very slow, it's just a very slow deterioration. And sometimes, God forbid, but sometimes by the time one realizes it, they are either at a point where, where they don't care anymore or they don't see a way out, so they just keep going. It is a road filled with excuses, as, as I read to you moments ago, in saying I see no need to change who I am. I am fine just the way I am. And because I, I could stand here before you today and, and say that I'm in a good place. I, I can say that today. But, but what happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow when, when there's a traffic jam on the way to work? Brother Chris, you and I talk about our drives to work because they're very similar. There's times where there's a bunch of interesting people on the road, and I pray for them in Jesus' name. Most of the time, but there are times where my blood starts to boil, okay? Uh, maybe not to the point of that, but, but I'm like, why is this happening? Who's <laughs> causing this traffic jam when I should be thinking maybe it's the Lord saving me from something? You ever think like that? Like maybe I didn't make it quite on time today because the Lord was saving me from something. Or, or maybe the Lord was just testing me to see how I would fall or, or not fall. Who am I preaching to today? What happens when my child seemingly blows a gasket because they are upset about something? (laughs) What happens when my washing machine quits working? What happens when life happens? Am I okay then? Do I need the Lord's help then? Let me answer you and say, yes, I do. Yes, you may find yourself in a good place today. You may have come here today with nothing, but and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying something's going to happen tomorrow, but if it does, where are you going to find yourself? Who are you going to find yourself in? Who are you going to find yourself? Where, who are you going to allow to, to wrap themselves around you to give you that comfort, to give you that peace that passes understanding, to give you that joy unspeakable that may not come with a smile, but it's that joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's that joy, that peace, that love, hallelujah, that truth that will get you through those times. What happens? What happens? What happens? You, You know, you're in a good place today, but it's not something to take for granted besides the fact that we are encouraged to die daily, to rid ourselves of the flesh daily. How do we do that unless we have him daily. We need him daily. We need him daily. If you turn over to Romans 12, one of my favorite passages, we read Romans 12:2 and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh church, through that transformation there comes a renewing of your mind. Through that renewing of your mind so you are able to prove as we just read what is good and acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. And as we swing back to Ephesians chapter 4 Paul continues and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That new man, that new new man comes as a result of putting off the old. Hallelujah. But hear this. It also comes as a result of not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather thinking of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. That new man comes as a result of you giving everything that you are, leaving nothing behind. Every part of you comes into complete obedience in the Lord. Oh, and when you catch yourself thinking, there's no way I can change. That's just the way I am. I want to encourage someone here today to take that thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Because if that thought that you think you can't change something that is hindering your walk with him, it's not of him. If you have a thought that says, I'm good just the way I am. That thought's not of him. It's time to take that to him, though. It's time to take that thought captive and bring it into his obedience. It's due time to let him handle that. It's time for you to bring it captive and bring it to him. Someone say made-up mind. Come on, say made-up mind. It takes a made-up mind. It is crucial to take those thoughts captive when you take those thoughts captive, you step on to the battlefield, taking them captive, subduing them snaring them. When one take, when you take those thoughts, when those thoughts are, are captive, they are no longer free to move as they would have before. They can't fulfill their purpose. Someone hear me. I liken that to, to an animal that is caught in a trap. They still try to get away. They still try to break free, but you take those thoughts captive. When you trap those thoughts, you make it to where they no longer have dominion. They no longer have control. They no longer have a say on your life. And as you take them captives, so they also move must obey the word of God. Those thoughts are not of God. So if they are not of God, then they must be of the world. And as we read in Ephesians 6, verse 12, I want to read this together. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Someone take a guess as to who does not want to see you revived. Someone take a guess as to who does not want to see you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, I hope you know who does want to see you revived, who does want to see you renewed, who does want to see you transformed. But on the contrary, the enemy of your souls The enemy of all creation, whether they realize it or not yet, does not want these things, does not want you to have this transformation, does not want you to seek to have this renewal, does not want you to have this revival. But, church, oh, church, I know I've said this a lot today, but there's a way out. There's a way out from underneath that. Be encouraged today. It's a process. It might take some time, but that process starts with the first step. It starts with the first step of you maybe walking one way, and that first step is turning back saying, I'm no longer going to think that way any longer. Lord, you're going to have to help me through those things. You're going to have to help me so that I don't slip up again. I know you will. I know you're faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can come to this altar and pray. You can begin to pray now if you want to. You're not going to distract me if you need to pray at this very moment. The, the way out is Jesus. The way out is is through his name is in his name is by his name is by his spirit and left with you to choose to allow that oh that there would be some households today who would reaffirm over their homes that as for me and my house we will serve the lord as for me and my house we will allow the lord To come in. As for me and my house, we will allow the Lord to work in us. But before I bring this all to a close, there's one more thing. Realizing that that maybe you've been stuck in this mindset is not a sign of weakness. No, in fact, it's a sign of meekness and a realization that you need Jesus to get through this. You can't do it on your own. You need the Savior. You need the Savior. And so it's time, church. It's time that one puts on the mind of Christ. Someone here today needs to start walking in the way the Lord has called them to walk. Someone needs to be who the Lord has called them to be. You may be here today, and you feel as though you've been hanging on to that old garment for too long. Yes, even after receiving salvation in Jesus' name, even even after being baptized and receiving a spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, you may be here today and you never knew that you could break this chain. You never knew that you could let go of this. Maybe you didn't have the understanding. But let me introduce you to the chain breaker. (laughs) You may be here today ready. Jesus is here today. He is here For you, He is here to make all things new in you. He makes all things new. Jesus sees you right where you are. He sees you sitting right here in front of me today. He saw you on your way here this morning. He saw you last night before you went to sleep. He saw you this past week when something may have happened. But I believe that there's been a tug from him for some time now, a push, a push from him that a, that a desire has rested right here. There's a desire that I believe is resting on you here today. So I wonder, I wonder, I know we've got a few minutes here, but I wonder if we can just pray all over this place. It's okay to ask the Lord what I need to change, what I need to do to get me into alignment with Him. But you know what? I believe that if you ask and there is something that needs to be changed, that there is something that needs to be fixed, that the Lord will reveal it. As He reveals it, so comes your opportunity to work it out with Him, to take that before Him. If if you're caught up in the mindset of that's just the way I am, and and you're outside of of the will of God, then it's time to make your way back home to the King. If you are here today and you haven't been born again, it's time. If you are here today and maybe you've slipped away, it's time to come back. And as you put on the mind of Christ, so the old mind shifts to the new, it shifts to Him. In this shift, you will shift from saying, That's just the way I am, to declaring, I am who the I am says I am. Stand with me all over this place. It's time to be putting on His purpose. It's time to be taking off the old and putting on the new. Go ahead and begin to pray all over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, You see us. You see us where we're at, oh God. You see us, Lord. And You, and I, and you know where You want us to go, but God, we want to follow Your will. So if there's anything, oh Lord, that's in Your way, God, I ask that You reveal it to us, that You would reveal it to Your children here today, God. We need You, Lord, to lead us. Us. We desire, Lord, to move in us, oh God. Lord, without you we are nothing, but with you we have purpose. With, with you we have life and life everlasting. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray right now over each and every person here today, oh God, and each of their separate needs, oh God, and their desires, Lord Jesus. God, I pray right now that you would rest on each of them all over this place. Oh, Jesus, you are awesome and holy. You are righteous and mighty, oh God. God, you have the power to save you have the power to heal. You have the power to deliver. You have the power to change. And it's only by your will that these things can happen. It's only through you that these things can begin to take place. Oh, Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, stir that up within you for a moment. It's all right. It's all right. Come on, go ahead and pray in Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. Just let him, let him touch your heart. Let him touch your mind right now in this place let it begin that process if it needs to happen let it begin that change if it needs to happen go ahead and take those thoughts captive Lord we take our thoughts captive and we bring them into your obedience and any thought oh God that is not of you we give it to you hallelujah Hallelujah, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, hallelujah. I wonder if we can just worship him for a moment. God, we worship you and we praise you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who reigns in victory, the one who reigns supreme. God, you are all Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Jesus. Yes. Put on his garments and put on his mind in Jesus' name. I know we've got about another 30 seconds or so until we get into our 10-minute break, but be right back here at 1120 for the beginning of our worship service here this morning, and God bless you all. In Jesus' name.